how are you going to determine return of an investment on these student loans? Like you're just trusting that the system is set up for your success. So that's where people get really frustrated and start to feel like the system is rigged. And that's why the idea of student loan forgiveness was so popular because everybody's in this place of like fight or flight, feeling hopeless about their loans. They don't know what to do about it. Oh man, wouldn't it be nice if at least a little bit of it was forgiven? Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. I'm Dylan Pollock. And I'm Rebecca Brooks. And, and we're, we're Rad, Rad coaches. coaches. And we help purpose-driven people eliminate financial stress and maximize their income so they can focus on the more important things in life like spending more time with their friends and family, giving generously, and living a life full of purpose. Because the world needs more good, wealthy people. All right. We're so excited to talk to you today about the emotional burden of student debt. Yeah, this topic affects so many people. A majority of our clients have student loan debt, and there's just headlines about this all the time. So this probably touches almost anybody who's going to be listening here. Definitely a lot of clients do have student loan debt and widely ranging amounts. We obviously, we had student loan debt. And so we paid all of that off. We'll talk a little bit about that today, but really want to focus um, a lot on the emotional burden because a lot of times it's easy to look at this as strictly a financial transaction, a financial issue of how it's holding us back. But we don't often enough look at the way that it's impacting these other areas of our lives and what it really feels like to have this burden. Yeah. We go to school, we get a loan. It's very rational. It's like, oh, I got this loan and I'm going to pay it off in 10 years. But we don't really understand when we're 18 years old, when we sign up for these loans, what we're exactly getting into. And then you know, if you're on the other side of having your student loans and you're making the payments and you know what that feels like. So we want to dive into how you're one, you're not alone. Everybody knows it's such a problem. We're looking for student loan reform. So we're going to t- dig deeper into all of this. So we're so excited that you're listening. And we really wanted to start with a bit of our personal story because yeah. that's what helps you understand as the listener where we're coming from. And it's really important to us to let you know that we're not just talking from a, a point of privilege that we never had student loan debt. No, we absolutely had two completely different experiences, but we definitely dealt with this individually and together as a couple. So Dylan, I'm really excited to talk about these different experiences that we had first separately. Mm-hmm. What was your college experience like? Like when you first graduated high school and knew that you were looking at college, what were the conversations being had around your student loans or how it was going to be paid for? I remember the conversations and I, what I believe most people RH had with their parents was, oh, you'll take out student loans, but it's not going to be a big deal because once you graduate, you're going to get a good job. You'll be able to pay them off just fine. And so that was the idea. So I went to a private school and it's more expensive, obviously, than going to like in-state public. But the idea was it's not going to be that big of a deal because it's good education. You should be able to pay this thing off in no time. Well, and you had scholarships, correct? It was a scholastic scholarship. Okay. So some scholarships, partial parent help. Yep. And I was taking up the rest with student loans. Okay, cool. And so once you decided um, what you were going to study in, what you studied history. Yep. Not financial coaching. Definitely not financial coaching. <laughs> not the history of financial coaching. <laughs> this brings a really challenging element, but also very relatable in that it's a degree that you feel like you are not directly using. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think most people can probably relate to that. I ended up working right after school at a YMCA camp as a program instructor for their outdoor education program. And then during the summers, I would go over and work at the summer camp. So I was working seasonal jobs in the outdoor industry. Definitely not a history degree needed. Or high paying. No. Right? So these jobs, if you've ever worked a seasonal outdoor ed job, you know that food and board is taken care of. Yeah. I mean, I think I ended up like grossing $24,000 a year. But yeah, when your housing and food is taken care of, it, do it doesn't feel that bad. So, I mean, we didn't know each other really at this point. So what was that experience like for you making that amount of money? And then your, once your grace period ended for your student loans and you had to start paying, what was that like? I did pretty okay once I got to that point uh, with paying off the loans and making my payments on time. But even prior to me getting that job, I had to take an extra six months of deferment so that I could take care of all the other things in my life because I couldn't afford the student loans and everything else until I got that job. It's so relatable. I mean, you're 22-ish. Uh, yeah. 21, 22 is like classic graduation age for people, right? And unless you really take a degree that is very specialized, and I went through the same thing of like, what am I really going to do with my life? Right. But I was ruling a lot of things out that I didn't want to do, but I definitely wasn't sure what I wanted. Amen. I spent about three months in a cubicle. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like more than enough. Decided I, oh my God. But part of that was because I had student loans to pay. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, so you can totally get into that. But so $35,000 in debt, student loans for you, private school history major didn't use it so many emotions there yeah i was i was very confused with like how to pay off my loans you know what was the best tactic because it just felt very stressful i didn't know even though it's i'm on a 10-year plan it just feels like man these things are eating me alive and i don't really know what to do about it i had some friends at the outdoor ed center tell me hey if you have any extra money you can like paying ahead is always a good thing or paying extra it will reduce how much time you have on those student loans but I ended up paying ahead and it was like, hey, you don't have to pay for a year. And so I stopped paying. And so I basically lost all the, the progress that I made because I stopped paying and I didn't realize it at the time, obviously. You don't know until you know. For for me, so I graduated with $7,000 in, in debt. Yeah, we actually came across your paperwork just the other day. So it was pretty cool to see the the initial amount. Yeah, I actually thought it was 10. 10 might have been like the total by the time I paid it entirely off plus interest and stuff. But I only ended up taking out $7,000 in student loan debt. I've never met anybody else who has done college the way that I did college. Um, but I knew, like my senior year of high school, I was going to have to start at community college. I was going to have to pay my way. And so I didn't bother to take my SATs. I didn't bother to do like any of that stuff that I didn't need to do. I was very fortunate to be living in the Dallas area. And the Dallas community college system is so robust and I legitimately mapped out every single course that I could take that would transfer to one of two universities that I knew I would go to for my four year I mean I was thinking so far ahead because I technically I couldn't even complete a FAFSA so the student loan that I ended up taking just in my senior year ended up having to be a private loan. Which are very expensive. It was 11%. 11% interest. interest, apparently. But that was all I had access to. So I paid for college completely out of pocket up until that seven grand. And then again, another blessing, I was able to secure a job in a level one trauma unit at Parkland Hospital. And the hospital system had a tuition reimbursement plan. So between all of that, working full-time nights in the hospital, 
and paying out of pocket was how I was able to get through college with minimal, minimal debt. Man, it sounds like a grind. I can't imagine. I mean, the fact that you were working full time nights and then doing classes, it sounds like you didn't have any time for much else. It, no, I, it was legitimately I would get off work at 7 a.m. and then drive to my college, take an hour nap in my Jeep and then headed to class. Wow. <laughs> so there are many days where I don't remember driving home, not because I was partying like other college kids. It was because I was so sleep deprived. <laughs> Do not advise. But but it worked. I was grinding really hard. But similar to you, after I got out of college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. And I did try to just enjoy things. I had been grinding, I think, just so hard for so long that I really wanted to enjoy myself a little bit more. And so I didn't put a lot of emphasis on paying off my student loans because I really needed a breather. However, I did go to business school. So I didn't exactly have that same feeling of I'm not using this. I know a lot of people have those those feelings of resentment and disappointment. However, it was still a pretty vague degree. I went to business school knowing good and well, literally everything in the world is a business. So if I wanted yeah. to work in a hospital for the rest of my life, that's a business. Like I could find a place there. If I wanted to start my own business, which has always been my goal, that would help me. So while I didn't necessarily have those same feelings of, oh, my degree, I'm not using it. I wasn't sure what I was doing with my lives and paying for it was still definitely breathing to my neck. Yeah. But what I think is really interesting really is just this, the fact that we're making these decisions when we're so incredibly young. Right. We're told you're going to go to college, you're going to get a, a degree and you'll find a job that'll help you pay off these loans. But sometimes we have a, a disproportional amount of student loan debt to the career path that we're going down. And unfortunately, no one's warning us about those types of things when we're 18 years old. Yeah, you're 18. You're making one of the biggest financial decisions of your life and you don't have financial education. So how are you really going to determine the ROI, the return of an investment on these student loans? Like you're just trusting that the system is set up for your success. So that's where people get really frustrated and start to feel like the system is rigged. Yeah. A lot of schools nowadays, too, are running at a major profit and they're bringing on all the luxuries. They're getting away from the fact that these places used to be centers of education and now they're centers of education that are primarily like resorts. It's about the experience. The college experience is being touted over true education. And I think we can only see that once we're out of it. Yeah. A lot of regret comes in. Oh, yeah, I had a lot of fun for four years and all of a sudden, that phone has a huge price tag and it's coming at you each and every month for 10 years at least, you know, if you're on a standard payment plan, if not more, if you decide to go on an income-based plan, which we'll talk about later. But all of a sudden, it was a great time. And then first payment shows up and you go, was it? It's a great time. And then you're stuck with the bill. Your brain that lacks its prefrontal cortex just couldn't totally conceptualize until the bill showed up. And they're like, oh, oh, okay, this is real. This is not a drill. Uh -huh. And then you add insult to injury with maybe you're not using that degree. And it's just, it's so emotionally charged. And it, and it's difficult, right? Like on a very real level, the average payment's $300 a month. So especially if you just graduated school or you're in your first job or second job, you're not making a lot of money yet. So $300 is a lot when you're thinking about everything else you have to pay for your life. And so that's that's really tough for people and it causes 
a lot of stress. And we've talked about this in, in an episode before about how stress can lead to physical symptoms, but there's research out there showing that people who have student loan debt end up being depressed. They lose sleep. They have insomnia. They end up getting stress headaches. They end up having anxiety all because of these student loans. Yeah. And it's not only just these studies. We've seen this in our clients. We saw this in ourselves. We were so consistently stressed about being able to make those payments. And it's not only anxiety, losing sleep, et cetera, but we're also just feeling so stuck and so hopeless. And we are also seeing more and more that millennials are putting off really big life milestones because they feel they're just so strapped because it, and it could be student loan debt. It could also, it could be car debt. It could be credit card debt. It could be a lot. Of, it's a lot of things, but people are mostly looking at the effects of student loans. That's what we're talking about here today. And that burden alone is keeping people from dating, getting married, buying homes because they feel as though they can't afford to. Now, I think that generally that's very wise to know I can't afford to do all of those things, but it's very sad, especially if while you're making those choices based off of how much you feel like you can afford, that you're not also saying, so how do I get this monkey off of my freaking back? It just totally delays your life because you you can't see where you want to go or let alone even want to believe that you can do something else because there's so much debt involved. And when we talked about our life together, when we got engaged, you mentioned buying a house. And at the time I thought, yeah, right. I'm not getting a house yet. I can't even think about buying a house. I got all this student loan debt. He literally thought I was just absolutely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to take it outside of just the two of us, I have one set of clients who they had a lot of student loan debt and they just felt like life was on pause. They said that they couldn't even dream about the future. And it wasn't until they started to create a plan and get out of the student loan debt that all of a sudden it was, they could see the light at the end of the tunnel and that there was hope involved. But until you start to figure out what you're going to do with these student loans, it can feel like a burden. It can be so stressful, but even just starting to create a plan of like, hey, in X amount of time, I'll be out of these loans. Your life starts to feel a lot better. Oh, you you get better sleep immediately. Uh -huh. You don't have to have totally paid off that six figures worth of student loan debt. It doesn't have to be all the way down to zero for you to start feeling that relief. No, it's just the confidence. I got a plan and I'm, I'm doing it each yeah. and every month. I'm, I'm taking action and boom, boom, boom. The debt is going away it's slowly just, but surely. Yeah, it's just about having that strategy and knowing that if I follow the strategy, I'm going to be out from under this so much faster. And back to the point about stress, it's really interesting too, because this kind of stress is this underlying slow burn stress that, yeah, you might be losing sleep at night. You might be obsessing over your finances every month, and that's causing you a lot of stress too. But there's also this underlying like subconscious level that's also making it really hard for you to make really good financial decisions. Your judgment is clouded simply because you're unable to see the full picture. And especially if it's an amount that to you feels very burdensome, it really pushes you into that scarcity mindset, that fight or flight mentality. And that's why the idea of student loan forgiveness that the U.S. politicians are talking about right now is so popular because everybody's in this place of like fight or flight, they're so stressed out, feeling hopeless about their loans. They don't know what to do about it. Oh man, wouldn't it be nice if at least a little bit of it was forgiven? Yeah, absolutely. And, and let's, let's play this out. If you decide to pay off your student loans and you end up paying off the last dollar and the next day, the government forgives $10,000.
you are going to be better with money. The, the process of having to build a debt snowball, be good enough with your money that you get out of debt, will then compound. Those skills are going to have a compound effect into your future when you start to invest and use your money in other ways. Absolutely. I mean, it, the, the skills are completely transferable. You get to then take all of that confidence, all of those skills that you learned for money management and just apply them to the next goal. Your big emergency fund, more investing, or paying off whatever's left of right. student loan balance, right? Because we know that 10K is, again, it's not the average. $28,000 is the average. So it's a so, third, essentially a third of what you owe. Yeah. So you're still stuck with 18000 And the thing is, too, like, why wait, right? Like, just start getting ahead of it because why bother waiting on someone else when you have the ability to take that control and do this yourself right now? Yeah, literally, like I said earlier, as soon as you make the plan, your stress levels are going to go down. Your yep. disappointment, your frustration, your all of these things, your, your lack of feeling like you're in control of your own life and you're just waiting for something good to happen to you, you start to make it happen. Literally, you just starting to take these steps is going to make your life better. And that's kind of like what happens when you start to take back control with your student loans and you start to pay them off. You know, you're the one who's going to take care of this and take care of yourself. And it feels amazing. Oh my gosh, the confidence alone. Yeah. And it's really incredible to watch this with clients, regardless of the type of debt, really, we can you know, remove even the type of debt from it. But being able to reach these goals and prove to yourself that you set your mind to something, but you don't have to totally reach the goal to start to see the benefits. And I really want people to know that because I think if when you have six figures in student loan debts, if that is you, it's going to feel like it's just an impossible mountain to scale, but it's not. And as soon as you start to make that plan, you're going to start to feel the pressure valve release. Yeah, I mean, the clients that I mentioned earlier are literally just creating the plan and seeing that if they got serious about it and started to make payments faster, they'd save so much money in interest and that they had an end date. Like those two things like blew their mind. It was like tens of thousands of dollars saved, which was how much they wanted to spend on a home renovation anyways. It was like, oh, we could save a home renovation worth of debt. It's like, oh, that's great because we are going to spend that money anyways and now it's ours. And then it's going to be gone in a few years even better. Yeah, it's amazing. And especially knowing that most people, when you really dedicate to this, you start to be intentional with this, your debt can be gone in two years. Yeah. I think most people, two years, if you got a big amount of debt. Five? Yeah. But think about it. Like, it's so worth it. It totally is. Because then think about all the money that you've been spending. How much are you putting towards those payments every month? And think about what you could do with that, whether it's invest it, save it, pay off those other debts, or even start to use them for your, yourself and have a little bit of fun occasionally too. Like, I mean, we were putting down the last payment. I just looked at it before we got in here. The last payment that we made was $2,674. That's a lot of money that was going towards debt. And that was like the last three payments were that big. Oh, that big, yeah. That big. That's a lot of money that all of a sudden gets to go back into your pocket. It's awesome. No, it's it's phenomenal and highly suggest to, <laughs> to everybody to to do this and to to know that you can take control of it. And regardless of even if you're like five years is still a really long time. Okay. Yeah, totally true. A lot is gonna happen in five years. But you know what's it's not as long as? 10 or 25. Exactly. And then you don't get hit with a tax bomb. Yeah. 
that tax bomb that Rebecca's talking about is what ends up happening with these income-based repayment plans. They sound great. Okay, so you got a lot of student loan debt. Um, you're not making a lot of money. But what ends up happening is that you're paying basically enough to take care of interest and the loan stays about the same size the entire time that you have the loan. And then at the end of 20, 25 years, all that, all that loan becomes taxable income. It's forgiven. And now you have a tax bill on what, $100,000, $200,000? You're still having to pay somebody and now you're in debt to the IRS and they yeah. aren't messing around. It's really just a difference of who's shaking you down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, that's really what it is. And this is the interesting thing about income-based repayments, right? We know that we have to keep applying to them, all those sorts of things. Ideally, you're making more money, you know, 25 years from graduation than when you started. Yeah. But even so, that tax bill is going to become due re relatively quickly. And it, it just, if when you really look at the math of it, it didn't help that much, if at all. No. Um, because you still spent 25 years paying those minimums. And that adds up. And so if you want to talk about hopeless, good Lord, that just turns nuts into my stomach. And let's talk about what happens when you're on the other side of this debt. First off, like say goodbye to all the negative emotions and feelings that you have about having gone to college and taking on all this student loan debt in the first place. I know speaking from personal experience, I started to regret some of the dumb mistakes I made in college less because I had paid it off. And I was like, that's what are under the bridge at this point. And even just starting to look at it through a different lens, now that you were free from that financial burden, I feel like we also started to identify ways that you actually did grow throughout that the college experience. And it just became... Because it wasn't a burden anymore, you could look back at it and see what was good, yeah. not what was so terrible because you're just, you, your, your lens was muddied by this horrible financial burden. But once it's gone, you can just stop and look back and appreciate. Yeah, you're, only, you're looking for the good stuff. You're not saying like, oh, well, uh, freshman year, I did this dumb thing. And I was so stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's like now it's, you're not looking at the mistakes. I paid off college. Who cares what happened with the negative stuff? But I get to focus on the classes I took, the teachers that I really liked and the education and the experience that I got. Which is just easier to do when that bill isn't coming anymore. If you're still paying for it, you're not looking at the positive things. You're probably looking at what, how you got shortchanged in some way or you got jilted or it's a conspiracy or, you know, something like <laughs> that, right? But it's, it's amazing how you get to shift once that shame and that guilt can just totally be gone. You can stop judging your past self. You can stop feeling, just saying like, oh, I made all of these mistakes. I was such an idiot, you know, or passing the buck to somebody else who, you know, tricked you into doing this or something like you were sold a lie. Right. All those negative feelings get to just out the door. Yeah. And, and all that money, like we talked about, gets to go back into your pocket and it gets to work for you instead of, you know, paying for the past. And that's a, that's a really big thing because debt is one of those hurdles that keeps people from building wealth. Yeah. JP Morgan Chase actually had a study, their asset management team looked at the net wealth of individuals with student loan debt versus ones without. And again, this is a no-brainer, but the people without student loan debt had a higher net wealth. Yeah. And while it seems so obvious, I think it's important for us to remember because we have so much advice out there saying, oh, you can invest while you pay off your debt. But if you're only, you know, investing $50 a month, yes, it's better than nothing, but it's still not going to be enough to retire on. And so what a lot of people forget is just like that student loan debt is eating up so much of your cash flow. Yeah. 
it makes it hard to contribute meaningfully. Exactly. And I, and I think this is where we talk a lot about being focused on what you're doing. You, can, you can't have your money do 10 different things for you at once. It, you're better off focusing on one or two primary goals at a time than it is to try to do everything with your money. So really, you're better off eliminating all of your debt before investing. Otherwise, like Rebecca said, you're just going to have, you're not going to be making meaningful contributions. And then once you free up all that money from your student loan debt, you know, after a year or two, then you could take that and apply it directly to your, your retirement. Yeah. So think about it this way. How could you possibly save enough or have enough for your present or your future self while you're still paying for your past self? I think that that's a really important perspective of like, let's just clean up the messes that maybe there are in our past. Let's forgive ourselves for it. Let's move on from all of these negative, toxic emotions that are holding us back and and keeping us from being able to make really good decisions in the future, keeping us from setting our future selves up in the way that we really want. Because if we keep just letting this burden, like pulling it around with us and not being proactive, hoping that somebody else is going to solve this problem for us, what we're really doing is we're leaving our future and our goals and our dreams, we're leaving it up to fate. Yeah, and I don't think that's fair to you. It's not fair to your family because really when you take back control, it just empowers you to be better with your money and make better decisions in the future. And we'll just, it's, it's going to compound, like I've said already in this episode, by taking the action to get out of debt now, money gets to start working for you instead of trying to pay for your past. Yeah. And you just get to leave all of these burdens behind. So if you have student loan debt and you're wondering what you should be doing about it, really you should be thinking about how it affects you emotionally. Yeah, too many people look at their debts, period, but I think mostly their student loan debt. And they tell themselves like, oh, I'm on this plan. Oh, the interest rate like isn't that bad. You know, like I'll just, I'll just keep it as is. But really, if you stop and you're so honest with yourself, we talk about this a lot. You have to have self-mastery. You need to be honest with yourself. And you say, well, you know what? It just feels really crappy that every month I have to chuck this much money at my student loan debt and I'm still paying for the past and I'm still doing, you know, this is holding me back. You have any of those negative emotions associated with this, kick it out. A hundred percent. It doesn't have to be the thing that will make you the most money. Investing is going to make you money. Paying off debt isn't making you money, but at least it's, it's getting rid of this emotional burden that you have. And it really is going to have, over time, it is going to have a very similar effect on your net wealth. So I think that's what people don't realize. They just, they don't think about it as a full picture. They think about them very separate. And you need to look at it as this big picture of your life. You have your liabilities, you have your assets. And if your liabilities are, you know, just consistently taking money away from you and not really going down in principle, then that's doing nothing but hurting you. So if you can clear that off, that's going to be to your advantage. But the biggest point here really is that all of that, all of the math aside, all the financial decision-making aside, it, this has an emotional burden to it. And sometimes it's not based off of the math, based off of the numbers, based off of your net wealth. It's about, are you going to feel happier? Are you going to be able to feel lighter and, and even just more hopeful? Speaking from our personal experience, from our clients and the financial freedom community at large, paying off your student loan debt is one of the best feelings you'll have 
in your life. It's so powerful in such a positive way. It opens so many doors that you never thought possible. The feeling that comes with finally paying off your loans, you just don't even know how good it's going to feel until you got to that point and you've paid off the loans. Yeah, so not only do you not realize how much it's affecting you in a negative way, you're also just not going to know how good it could feel to be free of it. But if I had if I had debt right now, if I had student loan debt right now, I would be paying it off just as, aggr- as aggressively. I would be getting that completely off of my back. Exactly. But that is all we have today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Yeah. If you have any questions at all about student loan debt, you can always send us a message. If you want to help support this podcast, please like and share this with somebody that you think would appreciate it. Of course, there are other ways to support this podcast by working with us. So one of the ways that you can work with us is actually just taking our budgeting and cash flow course where we're going to walk through step-by-step how to build a budget. We take out all the thinking and it's super easy to put together. Plus, you'll be really efficient and be able to make financial decisions in a snap. The other way is, of course, to work with us. We would love to coach you through your journey to financial freedom. We've done this ourselves. We've done this for so many clients now, and we'd love for you to be one of them. So schedule a discovery call using the link down in the show notes, and we look forward to meeting you and helping you reach your financial goals. So until the next episode, I'm Dylan Pollock. And I'm Rebecca Brooks. And we're we're Rad Rad Coaches. Coaches.